0: I'm JJ Teeney. I'm the student minister. I'm above 6th through 12th grade. Uh, Sid will be back next week. Do not worry. Uh, You don't have me for a long time if you're visiting. Um, I'm basically the the fourth string. Kids kids can say some pretty interesting things. I'd like to share a couple of those with you this morning. From Mikey, age 3, I just can't pick up my toys because my arms are taking a nap from Caroline age 4 Mom if you do your chores I will give you $5 and some lip gloss Hey mom from Eric age 5 This scottish tape isn't sticky do you ha- do we have any irish tape Some parents also say some interesting things When my kids become wild and unruly I use a nice safe playpen When they're finished I just climb out <laughs> Don't yell at your kids Lean in real close and whisper, it's much scarier. While we try to teach our children all about life, our children teach us what life is all about. And everybody knows how to raise children except the people who have them. Parenting is one of the most difficult but most rewarding jobs that were out there. When I began student ministry, I'd look at kids, I'd look at parents, I'd be like, This this can't be that difficult. What's going on? Come on. Come on, parents. We're slacking. I used to think parenting was so easy, and then I had one. It is super difficult. I only have 11 months of experience, so this morning I'm just going to try to cram all my 11 months of experience in 20 minutes or less. Don't worry. But I've also talked to some other parents uh, who have kids that are out out, out of the home and raised uh, for some perspective. And you may not have kids, but this morning I want you to use this information to maybe just encourage a parent. Sometimes it's all it takes when parents are going through some difficult times just to wrap your arm around them, pray with them, and say, it'll be okay. So this morning, we're going to continue our home life series by looking at children who learn. We're going to use Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So in verse 1, we see here, children who learn to obey. Paul is writing this letter to a church. And most likely there were students or kids that needed to hear this. And so Paul's addressing them saying, children, if you want to be godly, you need to obey your parents. So this would be directed more towards minors. Obedience is a strong word. It means to adhere to. Paul previously addressed wives, submit to your husbands, but the word obedience here is much stronger than that. Basically, listen without questioning. So we're going to look, we're going to use Ephesians 6 to look at the story of Isaac and Abraham and their obedience. And whenever you get time this week, I want you to look at Genesis 22 and see a note where you can see obedience to that story. So here in Genesis 22, we find Abraham, and God calls out to Abraham. He says, I want you to take your one and only son whom you love, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. It's not an easy thing to hear. And so Abraham got up the next day. He didn't procrastinate. And they set out on a long journey. He took with him two servants, a donkey, and the wood for the sacrifice, and Isaac. It took them three days to get there. I think that that would have probably been a difficult journey, knowing that once you got there, you would have had to sacrifice your son. But after they got to the, the place, he told his servants to wait here. Me and the lad will come back to you, or boy. And then they started the journey, just Isaac and Abraham. And Abraham, Isaac was a smart individual. He started noticing there's something missing here. So he says, hey, dad, where's the, where's the sacrifice at? Abraham said, God will provide. Have your kids ever asked you something and you just give them an answer just to, you may not know the answer, you just kind of, Hey, can I have an iPhone? God will provide for you. (laughs) What's for supper, mom? God will provide for you. So Abraham really believed that God would provide. And so Isaac trusted his father. And so they got to the point, and Isaac's hands were bound, and he was placed on the altar. And he was getting ready to sacrifice his son, and an angel stopped him and said, Now we know that you truly fear the Lord. Isaac was obedient to his father. Now, more than likely, Isaac was young and Abraham was much older because he was past the point of bearing children. And more more than likely, Isaac could have simply just outran Abraham or, or overpowered him, but he trusted his father enough to be placed on an altar. You see, godly children are obedient to their parents. It's in Scripture. We find it all throughout Scripture. Here at Northside, we use orange curriculum, and we simply teach love God, love others, and love to serve. And you can love God by loving and obeying your parents. You can love others by obeying your parents. And you can love to serve by serving your parents. And as my personal philosophy, I don't see my job as raising kids. I, what I see myself more is coming alongside the parents to help them teach their children godly attributes. Jesus also had to learn obedience. He was fully God, but yet fully man, which is hard to understand. But in Hebrews 5, we understand that through struggles, Jesus learned obedience. And in Luke 2, the parents were on a trip. And they they left this area, and it was that whole, well, I assume Jesus was with you. No, I assume Jesus was with you. Mary, we lost the Son of God. Where is he at? I don't know if you've ever done that. My parents left my brother at church once, and I don't know why they picked him back up. I'm not sure. (laughs) He's not here. And so they go back for him and they ask him, why did you do this? And he said, well, I was about my father's business. And it said that he continued to learn and to, to obey and to grow. The problem is one does not just simply walk the path of obedience. It takes time and hard work from parents to teach. So you might be asking, how do I get my child to obey? There's no easy answer for that. First, you have to assess your own life. Kids learn the most by watching other people. And so if you want to teach them an attribute, say love, they have to first see it in your life before they can learn it in theirs. If you want to teach them how to serve, are you serving? Can they see it in your life? If you want to teach them how to give, are you giving? Can they see that in your life? It starts with yourself. Do you think Isaac saw obedience in his father Abraham? Absolutely. Abraham was called to leave the country that he knew, the people that he knew, Because God promised that he would start a nation somewhere else. God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. So constantly Isaac saw that in his father. Now there are books and books of how to parent. Uh, This morning, there's too much to cover now, but we're just going to talk about a couple things. Encourage and discipline. Encouragement. Behind every young child who believes in himself is a parent who believed First. I don't think any kid has ever told their counselor, I think my parents have over-encouraged me. Parents, we, I don't think we can over-encourage our, our kids to do the right thing. Whenever we focus on the good things that they do, instead of being over-critical, then that will speak to them more. Oh, my parents want me to do this? Okay, I'll keep focused on, on doing this. So you need to ask yourself, are, are we being too critical? Or are we focusing on the encouraging things? If we focus too much on the wrong things, we could discourage them. But however, sometimes discipline needs to happen. Discipline when disobedience occurs. and it, may, it might feel like you're constantly spending your time battling disobedience all day. The problem is disobedience just sounds fun. It's so much easier to not do the right thing. If it was easier to do the right thing, then most of us would be doing the right thing. And all of our friends around us are saying, no, you don't need to listen to your parents. Our culture says, oh, you can do whatever you feel is better even if it's not listening to your parents. So the problem is disobedience is all around us. And it's so much easier to focus on what is fun now, like not doing my chores, than the consequences. If my parents are teaching me to do my homework, then that will speak to me later in life. We're wired to disobey. In Proverbs twenty-two fifteen, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. Discipline looks differently for each child. As a couple of weeks ago, Sid talked about that. He said it, it, de- it depends. Some spanking works. Sometimes grounding. Sometimes it's simply taking the iPhone away. It's like the kiss of death, as Sid, Sid said. No, don't take my iPhone away. It speaks highly. It's, and it's interesting that an 11-month-old can sort of understand. Like, we don't sit down and have theological conversations yet. It's, it's usually one way. She just nods. But she can understand no see She likes dog food. She thinks she likes dog food So she sees the dogs eating and eating and therefore she thinks that she needs to eat the dog food uh, But the dogs don't like it and it's just not healthy. So We have we decided okay, we're gonna try this whole no thing It's difficult. Okay, because you're she's she's like getting ready to eat the dog food And you're like no and she smiles at you like are you serious? And so it's funny because then I'd laugh at Rachel because she's trying to keep, keep a straight face, and she's laughing at me because I'm trying to keep a straight face. But once you push past that, she kind of understands. It's just getting that, that whole part of that, that smiley face. It was crazy. But part of discipline are consequences that follow through, and the consequences should fit the crime. But the issue is there's this fine line between discipline and punishment. Sometimes when we're just at our wits end, at the end of the rope, on our last nerve, then sometimes we jump straight to punishing because it's so much easier just to punish, swat, or whatever, yell, and then we're just done instead of taking the time to discipline. Now, I'm, as, I'm sure as a kid gets older, th- this philosophy will change. Parents with, I asked parents with older kids, and they gave me this advice. Consistency. Be consistent. Follow through. If you're going to threaten, go ahead and finish. Follow through. Find out what works best for each kid. They all are raised differently. What worked on my brother didn't work on me, or what worked on me didn't work on him. It's different for each kid. So, this last week, whenever I was preparing the sermon, I decided to survey our students. I was like, why not? I want to know what they say. I said, kids, we need to obey our parents. I said, how can your parents help you to obey them better? I wrote down the serious answers. They said, work together to find a solution or to compromise your tone of voice. Help them to understand what they're doing wrong. Explain better what and why. Now, they understand that sometimes we just need to obey without questioning, but sometimes they want their parents just to stop and say, what, what, what's going on? What and why am I doing this? Hear me out and look from my point of view. Show and trust and respect boundaries. In Proverbs 22, 6, we read, Train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So if you get them out of the house, then we, we see honor. Children who learn to honor. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment given with a promise. This will be more directed towards ages 18 and above. This was first mentioned in Exodus 20. 12. Honor your father and mother. So God, the Israelites have left Egypt, and Moses is up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments. Do you know your Ten Commandments? It goes, No other gods before me. Don't make for yourself an idol. Don't misuse the name of the Lord your God. I'm not going to go through all of them. Remember the Sabbath day and honor your parents and don't murder, and then the rest. Honor your parents was up towards the top. It's an important thing. When we honor, we, we, we respect it and we hold that to value. Isaac honored Abraham. Whenever Abraham's mother died, Abraham sent for Isaac a wife. Now Isaac could have married a local girl, but he honored his father and not marrying a, a local person. He also, when Abraham died, he buried him properly with his mother. So Isaac honored. Jesus honored his mother. While Jesus was on the cross, he made sure that his mother was taken care of. He told John, take her, take Mary as your mother, and mother, take John as your son. Honoring our parents is, can be as simple as making sure they have their basic needs. One person said it like this, be nice to your children, they will choose your resting home. <laughs> Respect and gratitude. Sometimes it's as simple or maybe as difficult as taking time out of our busy schedule and just telling our parents that we're grateful for them and what they've done. If you have difficulty expressing gratitude, then there might be something where forgiveness needs to take place. I'm not sure what your relationship is like with your parents. But the first step we need to make is realize that our parents aren't perfect. I spent way too much time in my teenage life trying to prove how imperfect my parents were, just to realize they were just trying their best, and they did a great job. Forgiveness, when we need to forgive. Jesus, being fully God, had to submit to imperfect parents. Don Wilton gives us seven keys to honoring parents. Value your parents' world. No matter how old they are, they are living in a world that is highly relevant and valuable to them. Respect your parents' age. Don't mock their limitations and abilities. Love them in it. Model your parents' godly attributes. You know the many things they said and did that simply blessed your life, so go and do likewise. Protect your parents' individual dignity. The older they become, the more they will cherish your hedge of protection. Remember, they protected you when starting out. Provide for your parents' basic needs. Make certain you are not feasting at the king's table while your precious parents are living on cans of baked beans. Just do it. Honor your God-given responsibility. By Don Wilton. Which brings us to our next point. Children who are rewarded. So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. six 6.3. See, in the Old Testament, if a kid was disrespectful, the parent could have the kid put to death because they, were, they weren't being obedient. So they were saying, basically, if you obey your parents, you get to live a long life. I think this is where the whole, I brought you into this world, I can take you out, came from. Which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. Abraham was obedient to God, and God rewarded him for it. See, you basically are teaching your kids how to become your peers or your friends someday. But the problem is we cannot skip to this step. Sometimes we like to try to be our kids' friends, but they have lots of friends, and they have lots of peers. What they need is for you to be their parent, which means at times, yes, disobedience, but some also fun times. But as long as everything, as as long as we're obedient to our parents and we honor them, then we can have a rewarding relationship. Children should strive to live in harmony with their parents. And parents should strive to live in harmony with their children. When we strive for godly relationships, we get eternal peace. It's hard to have peace with God whenever we're at, at strife with somebody. And it's hard to have peace with someone else when we're at strife, when we're... At strife with God, it takes a balancing act. When it's difficult, we must strive. I want to read you a story, how it illustrates what, what this relationship could look like with a with a parent and a child. And you may have already heard this. It was the Summer Olympics of 1992. It was the quarter quarterfinals of the 400 meter sprint. British athlete Derek Redmond was one of the favorites for the gold medal. A lifetime of training had brought him to this moment. The starter's gun fired and athletes burst out of the blocks. Halfway through the race, Derek Redmond was leading. Then disaster struck. His hamstring went out and he collapsed on the track. The agony of his tear, tear-streaked face was both physical and mental. It was a crushing blow. Medical attendants ran to assist him, but Derek waved them away. He came to race, and he was going to finish. He got to his feet and started hobbling down the track. The crowd was mesmerized. Officials didn't know what to do. And then an older man ran onto the track. He brushed off officials who tried to stop him. He ran up beside Derek and placed his arms around him. The man was Derek Redmond's father, Jim. You don't have to do this, son, Jim said. Yes, I do, Derek replied. Then we'll finish this race together, came the response from Derek's father. Arm in arm with agony on Derek's face, tears on his father's. Derek and Jim continued down the track. Derek buried his face in his father's shoulders. His father's strong shoulders carried his son physically and emotionally. Jim waved away officials who tried to stop them. Finally accompanied by now a roaring crowd, standing on their feet and applauding, Derek Redmond crossed the line. It became the defining moment of the Barcelona Olympics. I don't know what your relationship is like with your parents. Maybe there needs to be a conversation there so that way you can have peace. And I don't know what your relationship is like with your Heavenly Father. Again, maybe there needs to be a conversation there to ask for forgiveness and for peace. We can help you with that this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, so much for your Son, the ultimate sacrifice. That he did for us. Father, we thank you, Lord, for our parents and what they do every day to strive for us. And Lord, we thank you for our our children. Help us to raise them up in you. Lord, it's not not difficult. It's not easy, Father. But we just ask you to simply help us to take each day by day for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.